Today's episode is brought to you by BitCasino, Kava Labs, and Shopping.io. You'll hear more about them later on in this episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening and watching Untold Stories. And I'm very honored to have uh, uh, my good friend, Graham Friedman, back on the show today. Graham, thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories. Absolutely my pleasure. Uh, this will be my first repeat visit on any podcast. There couldn't be a better one to join than this one. So thanks for reaching out to me. I, I actually just I started doing uh, uh, repeat guests again. It's like a very new thing I'm doing. You're like my second or third only. Um, we celebrated the two year anniversary of the show just the other day, uh, 180 episodes. And there's still so many more guests they want to have. But what ends up happening is because the show is going on for so long, that we talk to people, I want to have them back to see like, how did that go? Or like, what did you come of that? Or, you know, like what's the last year been like? And then at the same time, there are like topics that I want to talk about that we don't end up talking about. On our last episode, you're the director of public token offerings. And you're also the, you're a GP in Republic, Republic's fund. Uh, Republic is one of the largest like advisory companies, not only in, in our space, but they've been around forever, but doing, um, um, technical development and consulting from all like financial service related companies. Um, but you came from the media space. You worked with Gary Vaynerchuk. You, uh, you had a, you have a media company for, you're on set, uh, a director of photography, uh, at good crack and TLDR. I love your shirt, by the way. Um, yeah, and it's actually perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. That literally yeah. is crypto. This morning, okay. I just read an article that Coinbase is launching their own media arm. And this is a huge deal because traditionally you don't see companies launching, you know, the, the largest company in our industry, publicly traded, launching a media arm that they say is actually going to report to the marketing department. And their mission is twofold to, it says right here, Sources say the media operation would act as a top of the funnel marketing vehicle to draw more people into its crypto exchange, which is normal, but it's also to help the company drive its own narratives. How do you feel about that? I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, one of the bigger questions that I think has been on my mind lately is, is sort of the effect of the meme. Uh, obviously, we've, we've been looking at this and crypto is extremely meme heavy. Um, you look at a lot of the successful projects, what they've done on the community side, it's, it's been memification, right? They're hiring, you know, uh, chief meme officers, things like this. And um, we're in this interesting little epic where Dogecoin, due to its success, has given the rise of what we're calling now meme coins. Um, and, you know, we started this being like, well, Doge is foundationally like questionable, but um, now it has this amazing community. So, you know, as a founder, I'm like, would I prefer to have strong technology and no community for a very long time? Or what, you know, the inverse is to have this amazingly dominant community and then maybe try to figure out the technology. Ultimately, you need both uh, to flourish. But, um, you know, I find it to be truly amazing. So we've been interacting with a lot of these meme coins. They're really solid teams, maybe coming from the marketing side rather than the tech development side. Um, and their Telegram communities are off the charts. I mean, the activity of their uh, participants, you know, wallet holders that are through the roof. Um, and in terms of blockchain technology, there's not really all that much there. So it's a wild thing to, to pursue. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me that Coinbase would want to start, you know, pumping that narrative and having more control over it. And of course, 
um, bringing people into their funnel. So I'm, I'm not shocked. If we were like a, um, a, if we were like a medical technology podcast and we're sitting here talking about like med tech, well, first of all, I would have like five listeners, but if we were sitting here talking about med tech and I said, Hey, the largest, you know, like uh, uh, hospital chain is launching their own media arm to control narratives. We'd be looking at it in a very different way. But I think because Coinbase and because there's this like, I'm not gonna say political or asset class, but there's this like socio, there's this social class that everyone belongs to when you're in this space. That is, you're like a Bitcoiner, you know, or a crypto, or I like Bitcoiner better. And that doesn't mean you have to like love Bitcoin. You could love all cryptos, but let's just say you're a Bitcoiner. I think it makes us all feel more comfortable because that means that while Coinbase may be pushing their own narrative, they're pushing that larger narrative of our space as well. I completely agree. And, you know, look, there's always been an issue of where do you find good information, especially for the noobs that are coming in, right? I'm sure you have this, uh, everybody in crypto has this, where you try to onboard your friends. For years, I've been saying, join in, join in. And then very quickly, we become de facto customer support, right? Um, so whether I have friends that are having issues with Coinbase, Voyager Digital, Gemini, um, I always get text messages like, hey, can you help me on the support side? It's like, no, I, I, I'm really not inside that organization, I promise. Um, and, and then, you know, as they enter the space, there's just tons of noise. A lot of the coins that are pumping are maybe doing it for reasons that, you know, you and I might not think are built off substance. Um, but a lot of that gets caught up, right? And when I introduce new people, they're chasing the price of an asset, which um, I think, you know, once you're an investor for a long enough period of time, chasing a price is a terrible move. Uh, and it usually leads to some sort of uh, bust after the boom. So, you know, as somebody looking to protect the space to onboard new users, um, you know, the com constant questions are, where can I go for good information? And when you look at what's on television, I would say the talking heads are often incorrect. Um, there's a few really great people that, that do go on there. Um, I love... Um, you, there's a, you know, Meltem Demerors is, is one of the few people, Nick Carter, oh, that yeah. are actually, you know, they're coming with like hard numbers and, and facts. Um, but then there's just so many other people. And especially when you bring in the boomer class, uh, there is an, a literal disconnect, I find. Uh, I know plenty of the older generation that participate in the space and they've got it. Um, but just en masse, I would say there, there's, there is a chasm. So for someone with a reputation like Coinbase, who's also, you know, like the leading app in the app store and is pulling in retail in these record numbers, um, you know, I think having a concise uh, just repository of information makes total sense. On the business side, obviously, they're going to be leading into things that are a little more relevant to them. But, um, you know, as you mentioned, they are in a class of their own. So um, I, I think we'll see more of it. And then just in general, even if we were med tech, sorry, just to, to come back to what you said in the beginning. You know, I think marketing and advertising in general is moving more towards influencers. We have the likes of mm. you. We've got Scott Melker, Wolf of All Streets, right? These are now becoming the, you are now becoming the face of the industry. Um, and when people are looking to educate, yeah, they come to this podcast, right? It's, just, it's interesting how that uh, uh, ended up like, it's, it, it's kind of crazy how like I keep, not on purpose, but being ahead of those waves. Uh, I <laughs> start this podcast to like earn money or even... I started as a therapy because I was like on the brink of like needed to all of like my emotions were exploding at the same time and like uh, frustration. But but like I, my, I'm joking, my wife has been making fun of me because I've been saying this quote a lot lately. I've been like, yeah, out of diamonds are created from pressure out of, you know, out of frustration. So like. Would you say that a lot of the media 
uh, output that we're going to see in the next six months, maybe it's coming from a frustration in like the Elon Musk's, you know, taking over our narratives and the stupid like energy, fear, uncertainty and doubt and like all of this crap. We've been so passive in the last decade, in the past 10 years, we're just like, you know, everyone will love Bitcoin and crypto on its own and whatever fake narratives are out there and crap is out there, it'll pass the 24 hour news cycle. But it's getting frustrating now because you have these like people who come in and they're like messing up the financial futures of people that we know over stupidity and then they leave. And I hate to like call on Musk out about it, but that's really kind of what's happening. And, and I just want to say one more thing. You don't have to buy a coin in order for that to be your first way into crypto and to actually start earning money in crypto. There are ways to use your dollars to earn yield of other tokens. But we'll talk about that after. Yeah. Um, you know, in a nutshell, you know, I, I have to say Bitcoin has, and I think we're using it similarly, right? We're talking about the cryptocurrency space. There's obviously yeah. some differences as we really dive in. But, um, you know, it's proven to be anti-fragile. We've been attacked and we are now approaching a level where, you know, we're seeing the Nigerian Naira getting pushed out um, due to hyperinflation and pe the local people are adopting crypto. Um, it's pretty mind blowing, right? Like they'll take a, a high risk DeFi savings account Crazy. because they have no alternative and yet they're leapfrogging us for 30%. So we're getting, getting to the point where our punches are starting to pack weight. And I think that's, you know, part of, like you said, the energy FUD is such a concise, um, message that I feel as though it's being delivered by a certain group of maybe current banks in power or something to that yeah. effect. And it, yeah. hypothesis. <laughs> the energy FUD, um, and it's crazy because I had Nick Carter and it's the perfect episode. Of, and like it, we released it right before all that FUD came out. But to sum it all up, all of Bitcoin, all of crypto for that matter, all of mineable crypto, all of mineable cryptos could be powered just by the excess flaring that's happening in the world. So you have all of the natural gas that they don't use because natural gas needs to be used very quickly and the cost of moving it from where it's come out of the ground. So like you ever see those like, you know, like remember like when they're like the videos of the Iraq war, you know, back in the 90s, and 2000s, like of all the oil fields burning and shit. That's that's not part of why it's supposed to be done. That means that there's no that it's coming out of the ground, but there's not enough demand. So they just burn it off. All of that extra energy could be used to power all of Bitcoin 10 times over. Done. Yeah, All the I, I think the, <laughs> it's also super easy to attack, right? It's a concise network that's very transparent. Um, there's no supply chain transparency in anything else we do. So for example, like dyeing a single pair of blue jeans creates like three gallons of uh, runoff waste that is just full really? of dyeing material. Yeah, I mean, nobody talks, right? Eating shrimp has a massive implication of uh, slave labor from the, the people peeling it over in Southeast Asia. Uh, it's just like, you know, how specific can we look at it? Oh my uh, God, I'm never gonna get shrimp unpeeled peeled ever again now. Yeah, I'm I mean, ever look, on. yeah, it's a hard world we live in, right? There's, uh, we want things cheaper, we want them, you know, more comfortably and, and that comes with the cost. But Bitcoin just, you know, sitting in its tech stack and its vertical of having the miners that do report hash rate, it's, it's just a very easy, um, 
sort of corner to push it into. And, and that's why I don't like the attack. And also the narrative is that, you know, the mining is aggressive. It leads to pursuing the cheapest format of energy. And as long as we're subsidizing that on a government level to be fossil fuels, then this is all very silly, right? It's like, hey, why don't we actually stop trying to keep these things afloat and let the free market capitalism move us towards green energy? I think you and I are very much aligned <laughs> and in agreement on this topic. Is, uh, is crypto still silly? Like, um, you know, I would, I would say a hundred percent. Um, but, but it's evolving, right? Um, yeah. once you enter the space, not only do you really learn more about how money works, right. And has worked. And I would say the fact that it's worked the same way for the past three generations. Um, I do feel like I'm in the millennial camp and we came on board to sort of bring value onto the internet. And that was kind of what brought me into the crypto space. I thought IOT, robo money, all this fun stuff. Now I'm seeing some Gen Z projects that have grown up for the past 12 years knowing Bitcoin, um, already having this disassociation with, I guess, the concept of how money used to work or old money. Oh my God, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, and they're coming up with crazy things, man. So is crypto crazy? Of course, we got Dogecoin, we got Shiba, we got uh, Kishu Inu, um, you know, all of these funky things, but that's also what makes it very fun. Uh, and it constantly morphs and we get new ideas. And I think as we move further away from what is traditionally understood as the methodology, uh, it's only going to get funkier and funkier. You know, I've often joked that I think memes will be the money of the future because, you know, if it, it, if we take the internet of value, it's just going to be about groups that agree on a single asset of, as having worth. And then, of course, I said that jokingly, and we have the rise of the, the Doge coins or the dog coins, I should say. Um, and Belief again, is we're seeing a very scary thing now that I'm thinking about it. Like, uh, all belief, as long as it lasts a decade, yeah. anything you, anything, if enough people believe something over the course of like 10 years, it becomes real and it's, and it now exists. Like I remember jokingly asking my rabbi if God exists when I was younger and he's like, well, we're talking about him now, aren't we? So like, that was his joke saying like, you know, God does like, yeah. but that was, I think that's when I left religion. When I heard that, I was like, come on. <laughs> and then when I, I had the I next question, had similar conversations. <laughs> <laughs> My next question was like, well, I don't understand like why this rule exists. And I think the response was, well, if you can understand the why, then you could be God. Therefore, we can't understand the why. We have to have blind faithfulness. Beautiful. You're getting very yeah, no, deep. I, I would say that's a topic for maybe like 20 or 30 podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But actually... I learned, I learned that life isn't about blind faith. I learned that life is about, about trusting uh, or being faithful in, in, in someone and trusting that. Like basically going, and it's not just with marriage, it's with everything because business relationships or even us talking now, you know, you're trusting me to make you look good. I'm trusting you to make me look good. We're, we're, there's, all, there's constant trust relationships with people. I mean, that's what crypto is all about at the same way. At the same time, it's all about trust. Um, but if you look at religion, you know, like going back, it's such a crazy analogy. Uh, it's just thousands of years of belief. And, and if you look at kind of currency or what Bitcoin is, we're kind of asking people to, to, to do the same thing. That's what Bitcoin is over the last 12 years. That's what crypto is. It's just belief in this, this, this thing as a, as a currency. And that's better than someone telling us what a currency should be or is it i don't know 
No, I think it is. And, you know, one of the big components of crypto is that we can iterate, right? This is when everyone, I mean, when gold bugs negate Bitcoin as, um, you know, not being as useful as gold, it's like, guys, this is a computer network. It can update itself. We're seeing it with Ethereum, right? Substantial updates are happening right now. Um, and again, you know, I don't really think it's faith-based. I do vibe with what you're saying about trusting the other humans, but it's the don't trust verify kind of attitude that we have. Um, and the one reason I think Bitcoin, you know, I think Ethereum's amazing. I think all of the technology is really cool, but um, none of them have the narrative, right? Of this Satoshi Nakamoto obscure figure who is going to be the richest person in the world and hasn't claimed any of the upside to that. That is like fundamentally unhuman. Um, it just goes against, you know, a lot of uh, just what we do. I speak to founders all the time that are so concerned about the SEC and I go, why don't you, uh, you know, detach your, your name and your ego from the project and maybe not receive tokens as a developer? You know, I believe your technology is going to work. That could be a path. And they all say, hell no, I want the credit. <laughs> hey, guys, the Coin Gaming IO folks are back at it with another amazing promo this time. They're giving away three Teslas from April 19th. To June 27th. It's so cool. Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie. There's so many incentives and promos and things that they've been giving away over the past few months to my listeners. But now if you go to Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie and you play their game Live Crash and you can get in the top 10 in all 10 tournaments, you'll be entered in to win one of three Teslas. So all you got to do is go in there, play some slots, play some games, get into the top 10 in any of the games, and you'll be entered to win one of three Teslas. I mean, how cool is that? They've been giving away stuff at St. Patty's Day, at Valentine's Day. They're constantly, we're, we're always doing so many amazing promos. Bitcasino.io forward slash Charlie. You will not be disappointed. The most important part of our Bitcoin and crypto industry is being able to not only earn money in crypto, but also be able to spend it, earn rewards in crypto and keep that uh, revolution going, keep the cycle going of all of us together. Well, my partners at shopping.io are offering just that multi-tiered discounts up to 10% where you can spend your crypto anywhere that you're already buying everything already, Amazon, Walmart, eBay, but use your crypto to spend it, earn back cash back, earn back rewards. And not only that, but if you go to untoldstories.link forward slash shopping.io, you get an additional, on top of every other discount, an additional 2%. So you can go there now and shop and get 12% off of everything you're already buying anyways and use your crypto. You can ship to uh, almost any country in the world. Fantastic, fantastic company. Make sure you check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash shopping.io. Our partners over at Kava Labs and Binance just launched something really cool, an awesome new integration where you can earn 10% APY on your hard stable coins using the Binance DeFi platform. This is actually pretty cool because Kava Labs has been doing DeFi, but actually in a decentralized way, offering governance for their token holders. And not only with their stable coins, but their lending products, all their different, the ability to stake and vote and earn different yields and liquidity mining. So not only is Kava Labs doing that, but partnering with Binance gives it that awesome like full trailblazing go ahead to offer these really really good yields with an amazing partner Binance and Kava Labs together check them out at untoldstories.link forward slash 
kava. That's untoldstories.link forward slash kava. There's always some specials and crazy stuff going on. Enjoy. No one ever had to convince you to join this thing. Like uh, even Satoshi himself said, if you don't have time to understand it, I don't have time to explain it to you. You know, those yeah. not those words verbatim, but um, you mentioned Ethereum though. Um, and Ethereum has been, has been, I've been wrong about this. Ethereum has been on a wild tear, even though so many other blockchains are launching, you know, chomping at Ethereum's bit. Why do you think that is? It's the developer community. They're just amazing. Um, when you go, I don't On know Ethereum. if you've gone to DevCon. Yeah, it's it's just, it's it's alive. It's full of unicorns and rainbows and obviously decentralized finance. And it's cracking me up that I do think DeFi is legitimately competing with traditional finance, but it's being wrapped in memes. Um, and the future currencies of the world are, you know, littered with 420 references, 69 references. It's just like, this is amazing. But, you know, yeah. I fully expect that when I get my next mortgage, I'll do it through MetaMask, uh, pressing a couple buttons. Oh my God. Can we just go away with credit scores? That'd be so nice. <laughs> yeah. That, I, like, mean, I have no access to a mortgage. I have no way to like be able to do that. Uh, and, and most people, uh, got involved in this industry too because they're like disenfranchised with the traditional financial system so they said hell to the hell with it let's rebuild it i was uh yeah i was and yeah. it's really starting to click now so will if Sorry, if, if the major well i was trying to get this earlier if the major developer community is still working on ethereum and uh it's growing and, and, and continuing to attract all that investment. Are we looking at like a multi, a multi, multi blockchain world? I'm trying to understand what like our industry looks like in five years from now. Yeah. So I think one of the most exciting things for me, at least in 2021, is the rise of cross chain. Um, you've obviously got Polkadot, you got Cosmos, um, huge uh, Thorchain Chad over here where the liquidity all flows into itself. And, you know, the way I see it is that each blockchain will have some sort of advantage, like Solana is on high frequency throughput, uh, Ethereum's decentralized, they've, you know, got a ton of reasons to um, promote their messaging, you've got Near, you've got Avalanche, you've got Algorand that handles like digital securities very well. So they'll all have a tiny little head or, you know, head start or something that they do just slightly better. And I do see that we are starting to get those bridges where, you know, I can build an application on Avalanche, let's say, to take advantage of their um, strengths, but the asset itself can move through these new DEXs, these cross-train bridges, all sorts of things. And, you know, maybe the underlying could actually live somewhere aside from the derivative asset that's being used in the decentralized application. Um, I'm extremely bullish on cross-train. I think, you know, competition is good. You mentioned uh, 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 cross-chain and we're talking about Avalanche and I was just thinking about Aave and that actually brought me back to um, how I like to bring people into crypto. So we talk about like downloading the Voyager app and stuff like that. But one of the things I tell people is forget about buying coins. You're talking about someone would say to me, I have $5,000, I have $10,000, what do I do with it? One of the things I kind of explain to people is like, hey, you know, of course, there are already people who are owning Bitcoin. These are people who want to own some other things and trade them. I see first, go out there and chase some yield. And what I mean by that is go buy some USDC, 
go on Vesper Finance or Yield App or whatever it is. Go and lock up your USDC, earn some yield, get airdrop some of their tokens, trade that tokens on Uniswap, go get a Uniswap NFT, start earning and building and growing and, you're, and learning at the same time. Then you'll make your own decisions of what to buy. How do you do it? Do you do the same thing? Because you probably get people all the time coming to you. Yeah, honestly, I've onboarded more people through uh, grabbing like 8% yield on USDC than anything, period. Um, you know, A, it's safe-ish. Uh, there's no FDIC guarantee, but I mean, at some point you're like, uh, there's no yield in my bank account. So, you know, people yeah. have been very willing to trade that off. Um, and I found that to be absolutely the perfect <laughs> onboard. And then also once you start realizing that this is the capability, right? It gets you into the never sell mentality, which is that you accrue assets you believe in. You can maybe LP them. You could lock them up. You can put them in DAOs. There's so many ways for your money to work for you that it really diminishes the speculative nature of them trying to enter and exit, um, you know, which when I'm onboarding new people, they're not realizing all of the short-term capital gains that they're exposing themselves to. And that's brutal. Um, whereas, you know, buying some USDC, parking it in a, a yield bearing account and earning 8%, that's a, a pretty sweet deal in this current environment. And then of course, if you want to go full blown degen, you know, you can find these yields that are just completely insane. Yeah, crazy. Like you said, <laughs> printing money. Well, money. I had a friend who was like asking me about like, like the questions he was asking was very basic entry level stuff. And then like literally a week later, he's like, yeah, Charlie. I'm uh, I'm market making for like 10 different tokens right now. I'm like, I built liquidity pools and I'm freaking, I'm like, oh, like all of a sudden yeah. you're like running 10 liquidity pools on Uniswap and PancakeSwap, Binance Smart Chain, doing all these things like, oh, you're a market maker now? You're a prop shop? Last week you couldn't even download an app. <laughs> and you know, it's funny because um, there is a bit of a leapfrog, right? Like I had so many assets tied up in the Ethereum ecosystem doing you know, all sorts of fun plays and the gas price spiked like crazy. Suddenly I was unable to move these assets and I was very slow to get onto like the BSC train, right? I was just like, oh, the bridge is exhausting. It's going to cost me so much money to yeah. get any assets over there. Um, whereas my friends had just started, you know, they're, they're like shit coins trading up a storm and doing all sorts of interesting advanced plays. And then, you know, again, it's, um, they start to wake up to the fact that there is this new um, monetization technology and it's all on yeah. the internet. It's super easy. And um, it's, you know, the onboarding process is much lighter than the stock market, which I would say is also becoming increasingly easier with like Robinhood Cash App and everything. Um, and you'll be able to trade like tokenized stock and and and, and tokenized versions of, of a lot of things. You're going to see tokenized versions of tokenized shares of, of, of class A buildings being you know, be able to be traded online and shit like that soon. Yeah, we we actually at Republic have uh, quite a few pieces of real estate that are looking to tokenize. Um, I, I think the digital securities uh, realm is happening. It's just slow. Um, but what I will I will be very interested to see completely decentralized synthetic equities because that will obviously ruffle the feathers of the powers that be. Um, but if they can't do anything about it, uh, you know, what is the story that's going to happen there? And I do think you're going to be looking at some very aggressive, um, you know, yeah. warfare for lack of a better term. Well, there's no rush either. Like don't, don't rush because, because, uh, uh, maybe bull markets will last forever. Not that to say like, you'll always see cra crazy price appreciation, but if we, uh, if, if you're telling me that things are taking time to build institutions are taking time to get in. 
And when people do get in, they're not just like buying and selling, they're actively participating. Uh, are we at the dawn of the end of like that first crazy? It's like, so if you look at like the first 10 years of Bitcoin, it's like drop a bouncy ball on the floor. It's going to bounce a lot. Yeah. But like over time, it stops and slows itself down. Are we the dawn of that? Will that happen? Will we just see a slow appreciation over time now? Or are we still in, and it's not a question that, anyone's qualified to answer, but it's more of like your thoughts. Yeah, I hope we continue to have all of it, right? So I'm starting to think that we are, uh, I think the question we all have to ask ourselves is, is this time different? Which is the one thing you're never supposed to say because yeah. you're like, God damn it, I've been through so many of these booms and busts. Um, but you know, I do think that there is a detachment now from the macro, which would be Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Dogecoin, <laughs> let's toss you in there. Um, yeah. But you know, now we have like the DeFi summer winter cycle. There's an NFT cycle that also is seemingly happening on its own. Um, you know, the DeFi stuff was a little bit more volatile, and as they've increased their TVL counts, I think they're starting to level as well. But you know, one of the most interesting things is that when we do get back to a bull market, there's this whole new generation of people that just pop up, um, and they treat it differently. They either have more of that, you know first-timer energy that maybe you and I are, you know, we're a little bit burnt out because we've been through this ride so many times. Um, but forever and ever, I mean, as long as we have a tech stack where a 12-year-old at the science fair can build, you know, what could be the future of finance, um, we're going to continue to have some like crazy stuff at the top. But I do believe you're correct as they mature, as they reach, you know, more money in their systems or just time of development. We're also talking about, you know, bug fixes that are very important as these projects go on and get farther. Um, and then that also just de-risks them. And that's exactly what you're talking about, right? The longer they're uh, unhacked, everything is the more money. Yeah, it's a de-risking process. So they should become less bouncy. What other industries need de-risking? Now, the insurance industry does, and it's, it's moving into crypto in a big way. In fact, a friend of mine is flying in today here, and he's big in the insurance industry. Yep, no, 100%. Um, and, you know, the insurance one's very interesting, too, because the big data industry and insurance obviously overlap very well. And crypto and big data also oh, yeah. uh, overlap very well. Um, and I actually work with uh, a really cool project called D-Climate. They're building a pool of climate data that you can then build applications on top of. Oh, very cool. And, yeah, learning from them, um, you know, how monopolized current climate data is and just it's you know, it's really run by AccuWeather and NOAA. And because they've had this monopoly, they're also very lazy. Um, so, you know, there's like a short timeline on how long that data actually sticks around for. There's really not much of it. They can alter it whenever they feel like it. And in the modern lens, it's just like, wait, this is crazy. You don't have like historical trail on, on climate. This is something that's like really important. Um, so they issue hyper-specific insurance products. Uh, you know, you could either be a farmer taking out weather insurance, climate insurance, or you could, you know, you and I could say, hey, we're renting an Airbnb at Miami. What's the name of this project? Uh, D-Climate. So they've really educated me. They're coming from the insurance background um, from Citadel, uh, trading, you know, climate uh, products. Uh, and it's just been mind-blowing, again, to see this thing that you think is this monolithic industry. And because it's been... Um, on its throne for so long, it's gotten lazy, it's gotten accustomed to being in control. Um, and it's ripe for disruption. And of course, the crypto underlying is that they can create a really amazing DAO um, that is, you know, revolving around uh, data, 
And one of the coolest things I think about crypto and about DAOs is that we're moving away from the nine to five, right? So if you're in Mumbai and D-Climate needs a little bit more weather information over there, they can put up grants and somebody local can go set up a weather station and start contributing input. And, you know, they earn revenue that way. And this is, again, wherever there's internet. So um, I don't know if anyone saw- I want to do decentralized health insurance. Yeah, I, I don't see why that should be a problem, right? It would have be- to be a DAO type of thing, I guess. I don't know how the, the claims would work. Well, I would guess that maybe the DAO functions as the monetary generator, and then you're still purchasing contracts through a more straightforward provider. Um, but that would be pretty next level. I think, I mean, if you're in America, health insurance is a very big problem, and it's very confusing even when you have it. Yeah, I think I just lost it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, no, I never know. Uh, I'll go to the, like, it, I don't, it's very confusing, health insurance, uh, honestly. It's one of the most confusing aspects of America right now. Really, no one really knows what's the deal with health insurance. Yeah, um, and I'm it's, a, it's a bullshit market, right? Like it has yeah. no free market um, elements to it. If, if, you're, if you exit your house and there's a doctor's office two blocks away and one one block away, and the guy one block away charges twice as much as two blocks away, in a free market, you would absolutely walk the extra block. But with insurance, you're like, I don't care. It's covered. So, I mean, the whole market is just bullshit. Um, and it, it's broken and, uh, you know, I'd be very intrigued. I don't think I'm smart enough to, to take point on this one. Um, but that would certainly, I mean, you're talking about unbanking or banking the unbanked. I mean, insuring the uninsured would be the American version, I think. So is, is a way, is a way to look at what Coinbase is doing and really like what I do here at untold stories, because I, I do media, you know, this is one of my media I've producing a film that's nothing to do with crypto, but maybe I'll do a crypto TV series or film and, and you'll be my DP. But is what they're doing and what I'm doing almost like when I watch, and how people make fun of you, I watch like Christian movies. Well, half the time, I don't know, I'm watching a Christian movie until like halfway in and I'm like, I really like it already. So I'll just keep watching. But like, is it kind of like that where it's like, you know, you're being preached a narrative, but you're okay with it? You know, it's tough. Like, um, unlike religion or something, we're not really pursuing new souls. It's just this wild new format of something that's so fundamental to humanity, which is the exchange of value. And to me, I mean, we all are very comfortably set in the age of information, which was the internet. And it's funny, if you look at, you know, um, newspaper clippings from 1990, they talk about the internet using too much power and is it worth it? Oh, really? yeah, there's the US postal system. Why would you send an email? Um, so for anyone that's, you know, our age that's grown up on it, it's like, why, why is anything not digital? Like, I mean, I went to a bank the other day. God, I, I think we all do this, but like it was like pulling teeth and uh, you know, stepping way back in time and just not understanding why I even had to be there. Um, and of course they couldn't execute on the request that I I, yeah. you know, I spent like 30 minutes on. Um, so we're not really proselytizing. I think we have a really awesome toy. And it makes a lot of sense and it provides legitimate value. That's like the, the key driver. Um, and it also provides much lulls value, right? There's plenty of silliness to go around yeah. in the space. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that anyone can join, right? I've never been into a sector where you can come without a PhD, without, you know, 10 years of training. Um, you could just be a, a again a, a twelve year old looking to pump out a science fair project, and you're interested in this, 
and actually make something that gets up, gets running, scales beyond all belief. I mean, these things scale wildly, right? Um, and just in that regards, it's, it's an amazing sandbox. And that's why we're trying to bring people into it because we want to build more stuff. Obviously, the more applications and tech stacks that go up, the more secure and reliable this whole industry becomes. You know, we'll probably lose some of our fatty yields uh, across the board, mm. but you know, there's a first mover advantage for everything. There'll and, always uh, be more yields to chase. There, there, yeah, there will be uh, yields. <laughs> I love. I know. I love. I love that. Like the chase of the yield. And uh, well, I have yields.app is one of our sponsors and I had them on the show. We just like the chase of the yield. That's a great app. And then I was actually supposed to have Jeff Garzik on the show today, but he's not feeling well. And he was going to talk about Vesper finance. So I won't give him that opportunity. Don't use his cup. I'm just joking. I love, I love Jeff. <laughs> um, he's another person who we've had on the show before, who, who's just, just a brilliant mind. I remember, remember sitting him, sitting with him at a bar in Buenos Aires, like 10 years ago. And I said, nice to meet you. I'm Charlie Shrem. He says, I'm Jeff Garzik. And this was like early Bitcoin days. And he was like, and I was, I was like, why do you love Bitcoin? He goes, I'm going to put a rocket on them in space. I was like, great. <laughs> I'll have another beer, please. <laughs> yeah. And he did. He put a rocket in space, Jeff. He did CubeSats. Yep. And he's and a Bitcoin core, cool. early Bitcoin core developer. Yeah. Um, but this is why you just you think best people, you get the coolest people. Um, Graham, Ram, I thank you. And I know you have to cancel a bunch of stuff for coming on the show. Thank you for last minute coming on Untold Stories. Uh, this was phenomenal. Um, My pleasure. Awesome. I need to do this more often. Thank you so much again. And um, oh, how can my listeners follow? What's your Twitter account so they can continue uh, uh, hearing what you have to say? Yeah, I'm G centralized. It's G underscore centralized. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. We did the untold. There you go, Tailslate. Yeah.